If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. If you're seeking to expand your business and maintain its resilience, FM Global is your ideal property insurance partner. Backed by more than 180 years of engineering expertise and scientific research, we offer cutting-edge solutions to safeguard your business today, ensuring your prosperity tomorrow. Hey, guys, this episode is brought to you by TeePublic. You guys know TeePublic. I've been with TeePublic forever, since the Schmodown days, since the big thing launched. If you have a Sith Council shirt, if you have any of our, our shirts, you got them from TeePublic. From over the years, we've been working with TeePublic. When I went out on my own, they were one of the first calls that I made. So not only can you get all of the branded merch from this show, T-shirts, stickers, phone cases, mugs, all that, when you are on the site, do a search. You're going to discover something that you like, especially in this space, man. An artist uploads new work to the TeePublic marketplace every five seconds. Because of the thousands of global artists that populate the marketplace, you're going to find designs you won't find at a big box store, especially if your interests are super niche. Doesn't matter what you're into, you can find it on TeePublic. You want a graphic tee of a cat riding a unicorn? Check. A t-shirt with your favorite movie quote? Got it. You want merch for the big thing? Hey, that's what you want, obviously. I've been using TeePublic forever. If you guys know me from back in the day, I've been talking about them that long. So it was obvious that I was going to be using them again. And I'm so glad that I did. So many of you guys, when I see you at some of the events, you're wearing the big thing shirts and it all comes from TeePublic. And browse around on my link. It's going to be in the iCard right there. It's going to be in the description right there. Browse around. You will find stuff that you like. So I'm happy that they're on the show. They're sponsoring the show now. TeePublic, everybody. Check them out. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Big Thing. It is Monday. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. And we got some stuff to talk about. The box office, obviously. There's not a lot out there, but people are still going to see the movies. So we're going to tell you what the top five, even the top ten, what was it this week? Drew Barrymore. She said, I'm coming back. I'm going to be doing the show. I know that there's a writer's strike. I know that all this stuff is happening. But I'm coming back because other people have jobs and i got to help it out. And the internet said, no, no, no. And the writer said, no, no, no. And everybody said, no, no, no. And Drew said, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I was wrong. And instead of people saying, you know what? She saw that it was hurting people. And she saw and she said, I, I shouldn't do this. They said, oh, of course. Of course she did because she's got blowback. And they don't let, they say, we want, we want change. Someone says, I'm going to change. I heard you. And you go, you're still bad. It's like the internet sucks. And we'll talk about that. Um, and then winning time. I haven't heard this show. about. I haven't seen the show, I shouldn't say. Heard a lot about it. But it got canceled. And people are pissed. Because apparently it's a great show. I heard nothing but great things about this show, by the way. And it got canceled. So uh, The Rock returned to the WWE. Got a, an amazing, amazing ovation. He talked a little bit about that. 
So we'll talk about that and more on this episode of The Big Thing. If you haven't been here before and you're brand new to the channel, we're getting close, man. We're almost at 93,000 subscribers. We're getting close to that 100,000, but we need you guys. So hit that button. Make sure you check it out. Go and let me know. Um, all right. Let's get to it. It's The Big Thing. It's Monday. I'm ready. You're ready. Here we go. What up, everybody? Welcome back. Excited to have you back. This weekend's this week is going to be exciting. And um, today, obviously, it's me, you, talking about a couple fun things, a couple things in general. There's news going on. Tomorrow's awesome on the UAP show. We got um, Mark Riley, obviously, but DJ Woolridge is going to join us. So this is for those people who are very skeptical about the whole phenomenon. And DJ is about as skeptical as you're going to get. But he's also one of my favorite people out there. And to be able to have a rational, fun conversation will be very interesting and fun. So make sure you tune in and check that out. Wednesday, Mike will be back. And we're going to have Sith Council talking Ahsoka Episode 6. Um, on Wednesday, it'll be, excuse me, Thursday, rather, it'll be Brett and I in studio. Roxy's out of town this week. But Friday is is pretty exciting, guys, because it's the return of Winston A. Marshall and Coy Jandrew on uh, Capes and Cows. We'll be back this Friday. So I'm excited for you guys to join us, be there. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be a reunion of sorts. So I hope, you'll, I hope you'll join us for that. I have questions for you guys before we start getting into it. I want to get your feedback. I always like to get the audience's feedback. Contrary to comments I see sometimes, which I think is it's, it's said in a respectful and, and fun way. Like, Look, just do what you're going to do, man, and don't let other people kind of persuade you into things. And I like to get the audience feedback. It's something we've been doing since even if you, we were used to people who don't know. We used to run a show called Schmoes Know, and it was, we were always listening to the audience to see what, what they liked. We ran this website that we have right now, the, the ChristianHarloff.com, that we're primarily going to use for, like, streaming events. We start doing live shows again. That's really where we're going to use it, and we do it for, like, one-on-one -on -one sessions and things of that nature. But what do you guys prefer? Do you prefer Patreon? Do you prefer the website? What do you prefer? Because PLD, who's my producer on the, on the shows, we're going to come up with some things maybe that we use the website for just live streaming stuff and then the one-on-one -on -one that people that are already on there so that the switch and jump back and forth they just kind of get grandfathered but we're thinking about making more of a push into patreon but we really want to get your thoughts on what you think makes sense and if we were going to do more of a heavy push on patreon what do you guys want to see we want to do a whole like revamp we want to do a revamp like, what, what, is it exclusive content like an episode that comes out a week before or is it like what is it that you find interesting when you're thinking about joining a patreon and i want to hear from from you guys because we want to kind of revamp that whole that whole system um and kind of do some again exclusive footage maybe some exclusive podcasts i don't know it's but i want to hear from you guys the other thing is for people who've been asking about the schmodown i have an update that will be coming very soon we came up with a, a full-on decision on what we're going to do with the Schmodown, um, as far as the uh, the content and the archives. And I think everybody's gonna be pretty happy with it. It's just gonna take a second or two to get done, but I'll have more on that coming up. Um, yeah, man, and then this, we're, we're, I have One Piece reactions. I have, I think I'm gonna do the Ahsoka reaction again for episode six. It turned out to go pretty well, the last one, and you guys seem to like them. And I've been doing, like I said, I've been doing One Piece. And I'm gonna start doing some movies as well. So as long as you guys are liking them, that's what I'll keep doing. 
um, what you are not like, or at least some people didn't like, is this, this Drew Barrymore situation. Let's let's talk about it. All right, Drew Barrymore has announced she won't be bringing back her self-titled talk show back until the strike is over. The move follows on from a week of headlines in which the actress and host of the Drew Barrymore show initially revealed her show would be returning without writers and would abide by strike rules in not discussing struck work. Barrymore issued a video apology after she received a major pushback from the industry and the Writers Guild itself. That video apology was subsequently taken down. Today, she issued a new statement on Instagram saying the following, I have listened to everyone and I'm making the decision to pause the show's premiere until the strike is over. I have no words to express my deepest apologies to anyone I have hurt, and of course to our incredible team who works on the show and has made it what it is today. We really tried to find our way forward, and I truly hope for a resolution for the entire industry very soon. A spokesperson for the series added a statement. We support Drew's decision to pause the show's return and understand how complex and difficult this process has been for her. Following this news, CBS's The Talk announced a similar action, scrapping their plans to return on the 18th. CBS says in a statement, we will continue to evaluate plans for a launch date. Syndicated talker, The Jennifer Hudson Show, has also halted return plans. Okay, so there's a lot here. There's a lot here. And the first part is, this is tough for everybody. This is tough in general for, obviously, the writers and the actors who are consistently every day losing work because they're fighting for what they know is right and what I believe is right and what I think should happen. Um, and I think the studios are being, everyone, a lot of people think studios are being very, very greedy and have offered crap deals and knew, knew that they wanted to let these things go on for at least three months because they wanted to save money. And they wanted to, um, they were going to go for a certain time. And now that they're now losing money, I think it was something along the lines of everything the writers wanted, something like $65 million is what it would have cost the studios. And now they're losing something like $500 million a day or something ridiculous. I can't remember what it is, but it's the, the number is astronomical. It's, it's for whatever it might be. I might have botched those numbers a little bit, but nonetheless, the amount of money that they've lost so far, it far outreaches what they could have just settled. So, there are other jobs on the line, you know, the people who are working behind the crew and, uh, and people who are not affected or shouldn't say are infected, but maybe aren't being fought for, you know, um, out there that it's affecting them as well. So I think that the initial statement for what Drew Barrymore was trying to do to bring people back to say, like, I could see it inside of the room and I could say, like, hey, what if we don't what if we abide by the rules? We don't bring on the writers, we do things a certain way, and we bring people back to work, and that way we can do it, and that way we can, I think that her heart, I think her heart was in the right place when it's, when it was a bad move, but I think her heart was in the right place of what she was trying to do. But you're, you're out, you're, you're kind of stepping over the entire fight by, by doing it on that side, and, and that's what, and that's ultimately what people were saying, like, no, 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 this is not the move. You can't do this. You can't do it. And she got a lot of pushback. Deservedly so. She had a lot of pushback. A lot of people saying, no, 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 no. And what she said was, she tried to at first go, this is the reason why. I just want to let everybody know. Maybe you'll understand. And it's people like, no, you're not getting it. Here it is. And so she listened to it. And she said, all right, people are hurt. I'm going to step back. It's not a good decision. People are clearly, maybe I thought it would be like a 50-50, but it is not. It's like a 90-10, if that. Maybe 95-5 of people going, what are you doing? So I decided I'm not going to do it. Very similar 
to what I just said to you in a very different circumstance, but similar to where I told you guys, I like listening to the audience. I like hearing what the feedback is of certain things. When people go, I don't know, Patreon, this, that, I don't know what, what uh, I like Patreon better because of this. And I, and I, and I, and I listen, right? That's just a, that's a simple, that's a simple thing. Something like this, you're listening to people and you're getting bombarded because you made a decision. It was the wrong decision. And then you heard it. What the internet loves to do internet loves to do this. Hey, you're doing the wrong thing. You're doing the wrong thing. Okay, listen. Uh, I'm sorry. I was doing the wrong thing. I apologize. And now I, you're, you're right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a choice. Well, the only reason you're saying that is because we told you that you needed to make a change. And it's like you don't, we, we don't allow people to, to, to make mistakes. We don't allow people to, to, to make a change um, if we're asking them to make a change. I'll be, no matter how... how passionate and how and, I, and I'm being very clear that it, it, that I think that it was right for people to get upset at Drew I think it was, they were right for people to to get upset at the initially to say what are you doing this is a fight going on what are you doing but this is uh but this is just so typical of the internet well of course the only reason they apologize is because we asked them to the only reason they apologize is because their career is going to be ruined if they don't. And it's like, it's the same conversation that we have all the time on this show about it's a very different circumstance. Like if if, if you had a conversation with somebody, if, you, if somebody hurt your feelings, and you know they hurt your feelings, and then you said to them, hey, I, I need to talk to you. That thing that you did, you kind of did this, you did that, and you didn't think of me, and you made the decision for yourself and you and it was somewhat selfish and i'm not saying i'm just talking about in general a, a different situation and it was somewhat selfish and i felt bad i felt like you didn't even listen or think about me and uh i feel like shit and that person goes whoa okay i made that choice i didn't think you'd not only did you tell me that someone else called me and told me that i hurt their feelings someone else told me i hurt their feelings wow uh, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to change that. It's not on social media. It's between, let's say, three to five people. And then you go, oh, I messed up. I'm sorry. And normally, the face-to-face -face people go, will, will say, okay, well, you, you, I respect the fact that you, you looked at it, you made the situation, and we told you. And, of course, it's one of those things like, oh, well, I'm going to look at me like I'm a fucking asshole. And it's, I think it's the people that go, like, look, there's a whole other situation with Bill Maher. I don't think Bill Maher's going to change. I don't think he's, he's, he's going to put his feet in the ground and say, no, nah, I ain't moving. I mean, maybe he won't. I don't know. But it seems like he's not going to move anywhere. Drew Barrymore was like, I feel terrible about this. I feel bad. And we're still like, it's only because of this. We, it's, it's like this non-connected human thing now. And it's, it, it's one of the reasons I, I, I really, it's like social media, man. It's social media because you don't see the person as a real person. You just see them as a figure. You see them as a celebrity. You see them as a person uh, behind that 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 Twitter account or the video behind it because you feel like I can say this to you because I'm mad about it. And the only reason you said it is this. But those same people, if Drew Barrymore was talking to them face-to-face -face in a room going, hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. What do you think? Most people, I think, good people would say, Okay, look, I, I, I do think that you that the pressure probably got to you. And it did, of course it got to her. 
course it did. But that doesn't mean that she's not good. And look, I've never even seen this show. I don't, I don't know. I, I shouldn't say I haven't seen clips. I've seen clips, and I know Drew Barrymore. But um, but it's like it's not the point. The point is, I just think that if we always if we're, if we're out there asking for change from people, and then they change, and we still give them shit. What's what's the point? What's the point? So I don't know. And I I do I will say this though. I do I do I have and um I think thankfully I have seen people sharing this point of view that I'm sharing here today. I've seen this from quite a few people going, "Come on." She said she was sorry. It was a sh- it was a stupid thing that she did. She's sorry. And she's trying to make the change and she's not going forward with it. And of course that had to do with pressure. But it doesn't mean that that it's not because she's doesn't legitimately feel bad. But I don't know. I could be on the wrong here. Um, well, at least I could be in the wrong on your point of view here. You could be. You could think no. She shouldn't have done it in the first place. I don't forgive her. She sucks. And you might feel that way. And that's up to you. I just feel like sometimes we're just a little. We ask for things, and then when we get them, it's like nope. Um. You know what I want to? I did want to tell you about this. We have a new sponsor, and it's called and it's it's called Fume. And I seen um, I saw Steve actually talking about this when it comes to the habits, man, the nasty habits. And I'm not, and I've never, and for me, I've never, I've had some, but how do you break those habits? How do you break them? And when I heard about Fume, and when they asked, they said because initially I was like, I don't know what what what. What is this? When I found out what Fume was doing, they said, that's very interesting. So let me tell you a little bit more about Fume right now. All right, guys. This episode is sponsored by Fume. Bad habits, man. A lot of people have bad, bad habits, and bad habits can really kick your ass, and they can mess with your health. They really can set you back. I've seen it, been around it, and I know. And when you see this, the first thing you go, well, what is that? You know, the first thing you should know is that's not a vape pen. It's not electronic. It's natural. That's why I'm on board in the first place. What is it then? It's a device and it helps you quit nasty habits. And that's why I was on board right away when they reached out. At first, I'm not gonna lie, I was skeptical. I didn't know, I was like, I don't know, that's not really my thing. I said, wait a minute. You're not breathing in nasty chemicals with this. And what it is, it's a legit, it's just fresh air. It's natural air. It is flavored air. That's it, you heard me, air. And it flavors it. It is a great way to replace nasty habits, there is no nasty chemicals, none of the stuff that creates bad habits. And that to me was like, oh, wait a minute, so you can actually turn a bad habit and you just make it a good habit because it ain't messing you up and it ain't hurting you. Because I, I said, wait a minute, flavored air? And I said, it, it just feels fresh. They sent me one of them and I said, okay, great, cool. It's pretty well-weighted, it's perfectly balanced and it's very easy to fidget with. Stopping is something that everybody puts off because it is hard. But if you switch to Fume, it is easy and it's enjoyable and it's fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has had thousands of success stories and there's no reason that that can't be you. Join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the Journey Pack today. Head to tryfume.com and use that code BIGTHING. You can get 10% off when you get the Journey Pack today. That's tryfume.com. Use that code big thing to save an additional 10% off your order today. All right, thank you again to our friends of Fume. You can find a way to kick a nasty habit. 
think that's what Fume is offering. So that's why I was on board with it, man. So check it out. The link is in the description. Uh, once again, any of our sponsors that we have on the show, if you are able to and you have the means to, please consider getting one of our wonderful sponsors. It helps out the show more than you know. I've been getting people left and right now because as I've been telling you guys this, like, hey, I just tried this. I used your code. It helps. It helps grow the show. It helps keep us going. It helps us get more people on the show. So thank you very much. All right, let's move to our next, our next uh, topic. All right, let's talk box office here. Kenneth Branagh's film Haunting in Venice debuted to 14.5 million domestically and 37.2 million globally. Softer than expected domestically, where it came in second, but right on track internationally, where it proved fairly strong in European markets. Critical reviews have been good, though the film is beginning to draw an interesting online reaction over the weekend, even if it scored the same B Cinema score in exit polls. The Nun 2 maintained strong business coming in first domestically with 14.7 million and snagging a further 30.1 million offshore. Its worldwide total stands at 158.8. It's a big number. The film was reportedly tracking ahead of all the other films in the Conjuring franchise with the exception of the first Nun. The Equalizer 3 came in with 7.1 domestically and now sits at a total of 132.4 worldwide. My Big Fat Greek Wedding was fourth with 3.7 million domestically. Barbie, whew, another... Top five shot with 3.4 million in its ninth weekend, 1.4 billion dollars domestically. That film 626 passes the first Avengers this weekend. Holy moly! Dumb Money had a very limited debut with previews in NYC and LA, where its few screens snagged an impressive 27,080 per screen average. Um, this is interesting on so many different levels. The Nun 2, first of all, the fact that it's smaller movie, made some money. Haunting in Venice, doing good globally, okay domestically softer, as they said. Equalizer 3, having a nice little run. Big Fat Greek Wedding, I don't know how much that movie cost, but 18 million so far. And then Barbie being the exception of these smaller movies. Now, granted, I know that right now we're in September, and this is when a lot of those movies come out. However, it is so, I, I think we're seeing a shift, guys as far as how movies and different movies, people, what they want to see in the movie theater now. like, And not just that. It's not really even that. I think we're seeing a shift with the idea and the realization, and I think Bob Iger said this at one point. We've been saying it on this show for a while, and a lot of you guys have been saying it in the comments. These massive, ridiculous budgets that are 200 to $350 million dollars just hoping to get that billion dollar thing i think those days for the most part should be put in the can i think it should be done now you're going to get some you're going to get some inside of a franchise that try to keep doing that 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 it rewards saying, okay, look the last one we, we, people we spent that kind of money and we made that billion so let's take a shot with doing the next one that's still going to happen from the time to time but I always use Indiana Jones as an example. In what world should Indiana Jones have been $300 million? And as, as much money as the Fast and Furious monies have made, $360 million, whatever it costs to make that last one, you're asking for trouble. You're asking for trouble because even in a franchise like that where people have come out to see it, it's like it, you start eventually – People go, I've seen this so many times. I'm going to spend money on the next one. And and it's still, I think it made like $700 million or whatever it was, or 600, 700, I don't know, whatever it made. But it's still, it didn't make money from from what I from what I 
I post at one point, I thought that it did, and people were like, no, it didn't even come close to making money. It either, it either lost money or broke even or whatever, and it's, that's not what they're looking for. So it's like, me, and, and I get when you have a movie like, with Fast and the Furious, of course, because you have the, the amount of star power now, the contracts when you get 10 films into a franchise, the contracts for each actor is costly. Vin Diesel alone probably costs a lot of Kashish to, to bring in there. And then all the other actors and the returning cast, the new the new big cameos. So the the acting the actors in general are gonna drive up that that uh franchise. But it's like it's because that movie those movies can make so much money, why not offer more actors points on on these movies, right? And maybe there's some other kind of deal you can make with them in general to do it because and I'm just using them as an example, but a lot of these things happen with these with these big franchises. And I think that one of the reasons that Blue Beetle is not a disaster as far as financially goes is it only cost 120 million. Now, 120 million is still a lot of money, but for a superhero movie, 120 million is not a lot of is not that much. So as it starts to pile up a little bit, you get closer to at least breaking even. And it doesn't. And when you look at something like The Flash, which is like 250 or whatever it might be, Black Adam, which is like close to like 300 or whatever it was, 250. And it's like, it's harder to make that money. So when you see movies like this, and when you see movies like The Nun 2 costs probably $13 and a, and, and a, and a pack of gum, and it's gonna, make a, it's gonna make the studio some money. Haunting in Venice. I don't know how much that, that budget was for that movie. How much was, let me see how much that budget was. Haunting in Venice budget, let's see. Because it's the third movie, so let's, it, this could be a problem. Of how much this movie costs, it should. I'm gonna do a guess. Haunting in Venice budget. Now, I think that this movie should cost 90 million to 100 million, in order for me to go. Okay, I understand. Where is it? No, 60 million. 60 million. Right. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That's fine. That budget. And they've already, you know, they're they're gonna make some money internationally and do what they're gonna do. It's not like you know. It's not like a pulling out your hair kind of loss even if it breaks even just makes a little money it did fine it didn't do as good as we wanted domestically it made money overseas and it was fine little movie like that's the type of stuff that is i hope keeps happening because you got a better you look at the what was the other one that did um the the, is another horror film but the insidious one did did well and these other little movies that are that are doing well and i think people are i think the shift is coming with away from these i think the budgets need to change but this is a and we're going to start to see a shift, obviously, with October and November movies coming out. But then with the – I'm very curious to see what Aquaman does for a lot of different reasons, obviously. One is because the rumors of how many different reshoots and all those different things that, are, that have come in with it in general. But it's also carrying on the tradition of what we're talking about here. And it's just like do people do people still care about these unless there's like – it used to be a superhero movie's come out. Oh, I'm interested. It's a new superhero movie. Let me go check it out. And from from the not just from the casual fan too, now it's more so. It's like, what does it what does it connect to? Not just the storyline of connecting to an MCU or connecting to a DCU, but connecting to another franchise in a way that I understand why Guardians of the Galaxy did well. Yeah, it connects to the MCU, even though that one doesn't really so much yet. The new phases, but it does connect to parts one and two. It has an emotional core, and you understand why it made money. Um, and and even like Black Panther two, made money, and it made money because I mean Doctor Strange two, connected to I, I didn't like Doctor Strange two, but it connected to the first movie, the second movie inside the franchise. But I think that that action movie, that movie, 
started the decline uh, of a lot. I, I think it was I think it was more disappointing to people than they realize because it started to you start to see a little bit of a hit afterwards. But I don't know. Um, what do you think about? Did you have you seen any of the movies that are, that are out currently? What's the next movie that's coming out that you guys like? I want to go and I want to see this in the theater. Is it a, is it Killers of the Flower Moon? Is it like what what is it? What's the next one that that's coming out that you guys want to see and you think is going to be something you really want to check out? Let me know in the comments. I want to hear from you. All right. Speaking of these movies that are coming out of nowhere, smaller movies, big, big stories, characters, emotion. As of this weekend, Sony's film adaptation of its PlayStation video game franchise, Gran Turismo, passed the $100 million mark, hitting $103 million at the worldwide box office. It was made in a production of $60 million, and the mixed review film got off to a soft start with $17.4 million domestic opening weekend, bolstered by a further $5.3 million in previews. Numbers plummeted from there in the States. However, the film has hung on internationally to the point that after a month, it broke the $100 million mark and could be a profit for Sony once home video sales, rentals, and other reviews are taking revenue, excuse me, are taken into account. It's not a complete car crash. It's a far cry from PlayStation Productions, from Uncharted and yada yada yada. The Last of Us series was a critically and commercial smash up for two dozen or so Emmy Awards, even Twisted Metal series. Got a fan base and became one of the streamers' most watchable streamers online. With the strikes going, it's not clear what will be the next game property being adapted for the screen as films based on uh, Ghost of Tsushima and Days Gone are on the way with Netflix's Horizon Zero Dawn and Amazon's God of War shows. So, again, no, it might not have been a, a massive hit and probably just, like I said, breaks even, barely bakes a profit. But if this movie that would have dumped $150 million into it to, well, it's a video game. Everybody loves the video game. Let's put $150 million into it. It's got the guy from Stranger Things. Put some money into it. Then they'd be in, then they'd have problems with the marketing and everything. Along, then they have problems. But they didn't. They went with a $60 million budget, had a soft opening. I like the movie a lot. And I think one of the reasons is that the, uh, it looks like critics thought it was just, but, but fans that have gone and seen it and have really enjoyed it, everybody that I've seen have, that have reviewed it on from fans in, in like I did my out of the theater reaction, it's been really positive most people have really liked it i've talked to other critics and they've been more critical um but i've i've i really enjoyed it it's one of my it's one of the ones that i enjoyed seeing the most this this year in the theater thus far it might be my top 10 so far it might really liked it a lot it really did um so you can see it's it's it's, it's the same story it's the same thing I'm, t I'm telling you about like where with the money and and the budget and the reason why it's got a shot to to break even why I think studios will start doing this strategy way more. I think they're going to be a lot more, and rightfully so, hesitant to go for these big three hundred million dollar movies now. I think I don't. You saw them every like it was like every ten seconds. They were this this one. How much did that cost? Two fifty, three hundred. I think this whole month of June that just happened is going to be like the the textbook. Um, the class that's going to use me that class that people are going to go hey, all right open up your textbook to page blah, blah blah june 2023 when the industry changed when it was elemental and indiana jones and uh the flash and transformers and all these movies that came out and and everyone's like oh this is gonna be a massive month for for movies and it was one of the more disappointing ones with all these big budgets so movie like gran turismo doing what it did again not when you, unfair also to compare it to Uncharted and these other Uncharted, it was 
very big video game in general. Not that Gran Turismo wasn't, but as far as story goes, you think of Uncharted over Gran Turismo when you think of story. That's part one. Part two, movie star power. Even though I think Mark Wahlberg, who I like, terribly casted for Sully. Still a movie star, major movie star, big name. Tom Holland, even though I think that them going that young with Drake was not the best choice, clearly it was a good choice as far as money went because they made a lot of money, and that's but unfair to compare a relatively unknown cast. And Orlando Bloom, this isn't Orlando Bloom from you know 2000. This is Orlando Bloom now. This is, uh, yes, you got hops. You got Hopper. But... He's not. He's not being able to sell tickets. The, the he's, it's like oh he was he's probably the best thing in the movie. David Harbour's awesome in the movie, but he's not going to sell tickets. It doesn't. It, it, it's not not the same way that Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg are. So unfair to compare it. As far as Last of Us goes, same thing. One of the most popular video games of all time, as far as story goes, and putting it on HBO Max with, and you get to basically play out the game in live action form. Not fair to compare them, so it has it has a, a tougher hill to climb. But I think it's I think it's a good movie. Did you guys see the movie? Did you like the movie? What did you think overall about the uh, about Gran Turismo? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Go ahead and comment. Tell me. I really want to know, and also want to know what you guys think about both our buddies Rumple and AG One Athletic Greens. You guys know you've heard me talk about them so many times. I love them very much. So, and here we go. I get to talk about Rumpel again. You guys know I love talking about Rumpel. Rumpel was like Christmas for me the second they sent it. Why is Rumpel so special? Well, they're on a mission to introduce the world to better blankets, and they've done it. They're made with a durable, sustainable material, and they're built to last. They have so many great things about them. They are built to endure the elements. The blankets are made with durable materials that repel spills, sand, stains, odor. No matter where you bring it, if it gets dirty, you throw it in the washing machine. The original puffy blanket is Rumpel's number one bestseller with over a million sold. I have one of these things, and I swear by it. Uh, with over 135 unique designs, there's a blanket for everyone. Now, Rumpel blankets are not just for the outdoors. They're perfect for you can watch a movie on the couch, kick back in bed, or bring with your local theater. I have a bunch of different ones. I have one that I take with me when I'm out to watch my daughter's soccer game, I, or if we're going uh, to the park and having a picnic. But I also have one that I, I mentioned I curled up on the couch, fell asleep with it because it's so comfortable. People are always fighting for these things in my house. So I got to get more. Rumpel also has a huge selection of indoor styles. They have the cozy hemp. They have the fleece. They have the Sherpa. All of it with responsibly sourced materials that they're made from. Super cozy. Perfect. For my listeners, go to rumple.com slash the big thing and use code the big thing at checkout and get 10% off your first order. Rumple.com slash the big thing. I promise you that this will be the one that you say, I'm so glad I finally listened to you. I got a rumple blanket and do it, do it, do it, do it. I can't go a day without talking about AG1. And I'm not just talking about you guys. I talk to all my friends about it. I talk to my family about it. I love AG1. I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I have this zoo cup that I've talked to you. I don't know where I got it from. The zoo, apparently. But I I put AG1 in there, and I gave it a try a long time ago because Brett Sheridan wouldn't be quiet about it, and he was right. He was absolutely right. I drink it right away. I drink it right before my coffee, and I'm just ready to go. I just know that when I'm taking it, I'm like this. I, it feels good. I'm not a big vitamins guy where I'm taking 87 vitamins throughout the day. I take it all in one shot. I put it in the cup, and I'm feeling good. My sweep, my sweep, 
I sweep. I sweep the floor, and then I take the AG1. I, my sleep quality is doing good because of AG1. Since I've been drinking it, I have really have noticed an overall just kind of like a new pep in my step. And why do you want to take a bunch of different things where you can just take one scoop of powder, put it in water once a day? That's it. AG1 was designed with ease in mind so you can live healthier and better without having to complicate your routine. I... I mean, you guys know this. At this point, if you've been listening to my show, everybody knows that we have AG1 in the in the back of the of the. You can see it in the on camera. You can see it. I talk about it all the time. I get people commenting that they were signing up for it, and so many different people have been signing up, and I'm so excited that you are. It's delivered every month. It's been very easy to make it a daily habit. Uh, I get the travel packs, and I'm going to need those travel packs. I'm going on vacation soon. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. But you have to go to drinkag1.com slash big thing. Drinkag1.com slash big thing. Check it out now. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not BSing you guys. Rumple AG1. There's a reason. AG1's been with us all year. I mean, if you've been watching our show, you're like, oh, you got to, someone said to me the other day. So I started following you on, on the One Piece reviews, and I've been watching your reviews, and I'll tell you what, if you watch the rest of the season, I'll finally get that AG1 stuff that you keep talking about because you talk about it all the time. Yeah, because I love it. And Rumple, I, I I fell asleep on my couch last night because I, I just covered up in my Rumple blanket, and it's so warm, and I love it. I said, if you can get yourself a Rumple blanket and you can get yourself an AG1, you have the means to do it, you want to support the show, I say it every single show after every single sponsor. It is so crucial, and thank you by the way, because because I've been saying, you guys have been doing it, a lot of you guys have been doing it, again, if you have the means. So I thank you, because I can't emphasize how important it is that you are supporting this show when you are able to do it, and you can do it, and you find something that you like. So thank you for doing that. Links are in the description, pinned comment there as well. Uh, I mentioned Fast X before, and I mentioned uh, you know the big cast and all that. One of the biggest cast members that they've had Ever, and even they called it Franchise Viagra, was The Rock. Well, The Rock made his uh, reappearance in the thing that made him famous in the first place in the WWE on SmackDown on Friday, and these clips were everywhere. And if you heard that crowd reaction, oh, my gosh. This is the people show. And you know what that means? this Yeah, The Rock returned to the WWE, and he made a surprise appearance on this past week's WWE Friday Night SmackDown. I don't know how surprising it was. I mean, because he was talking to Pat McAfee and a few other people um, before. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe they didn't think he was going to show up that night. But nonetheless, he showed up, and the Fast and the Furious Red Notice star was seen tearing down Austin Theory in the opening alongside fellow wrestler-turned-film star John Cena backstage. This marks Johnson's first WWE programming appearance since 2019. The event went viral over the weekend with countless social media posts and YouTube clips. Today, The Rock took to Twitter to thank fans. He said, I'm, I was, I'm still completely blown away by this crowd reaction in Denver this past Friday night on SmackDown. My appearance was 100% surprise to everyone. And this crowd of 14,000 interrupted. I was and I'm still completely blown away by this crowd reaction in Denver this past Friday night on SmackDown. My appearance was 100% a surprise to everyone, and this crowd of 14,000 erupted with the roar of 100,000 strong. 
top five loudest crowd reaction of my career, which I was like, holy shit, when I walked out. I am so grateful and humbled by this. I never take it for granted, and coming home will always be sacred to me. Thank you to my guy, Pat Mack, the talented Austin Theory, the WWE family backstage, Team Rock behind the scenes, everyone who joined us to go all in, but most importantly, thank you with all my love, gratitude, and respect to the people. Our connection is real. It's electrifying. Johnson revealed hours before he popped up on SmackDown that he was in talks with WWE for a match against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39, but the plans weren't finalized. Um, that's that's the thing I was talking about. I saw that. I think that Ryan Satin had posted something, and I and I watched that particular clip. Um, but uh, but yeah, man. I mean, does it make sense that he would get this kind of reaction? Of course it does. He's a legend in in WWE. He's one of the biggest movie stars on the planet. And he shows up, and he, he he's still able to do it. He's the, one of the best, if not the best, on the microphone of all time. So, I mean, this this made sense. And it got what it did very well is it got the mainstream audience looking at the product again. And right now, in my opinion, wrestling is very centered around the hardcore wrestling fan. And there's a ton of them, so it's not necessarily a bad thing. But it's not as kind of mainstream as it has been in other eras, whether it was Attitude Era, the Golden Era, um, a few other times where it's it, it, during the time when, um, and I guess that was the same Attitude Era, but when WCW had NWO and all those types of things, like it was very mainstream and everybody was talking about it. Now, there are certain wrestlers that, like people know John Cena, people know, like it, it just has, doesn't have that same kind of mainstream appeal the way that it once had. And that's not to say that it won't again. It goes, it always goes up and down, up and down. But by bringing the rock there, it it definitely gets the eyes on on it once again. And people have been watching this clip and then having him talk about it. He's one of the best kind of uh, it, it, social media presences out there too. And and I think that it was a very it was a very big moment for him, obviously. And I do think though that it's probably gonna if it already wasn't the lead to you know him making more appearances and coming back to do something at wrestlemania probably makes sense look the other thing too is that there's not a lot that he can be promoting right now during um during the strike and there's a lot of things that he can do right now as things are kind of on halt so there's no strike in wrestling so why not get out there get your voice out there be able to be seen again get your star meter up because what a way to do it go back into the factory where you were kind of um made in the first place and everything that the talent that that guy's got and what he's able to do is kind of showcase it again. And I do, I mean, like I said, I tune in, I tune back and forth into the WWE. I think putting him in Austin Theory was a was a good move. He is one of their up-and-coming guys who is really good on the mic, is a, a, a good heel, good heat, played with it well. It was funny when you see, if you watch that clip, you can see the Rock say, hit me, hit me. And he hits him before he, who gives a shit though. And then Pat McAfee, who I think is is also very good in hyping up this stuff. It was a really good moment, a good moment for wrestling in general, and I think it'll lead to Roman Reigns and The Rock finally happening at um, at WrestleMania, the new WrestleMania in, in March, whenever it is. April, March, I can't remember. But either way, the other reason that I think that it probably happened, it, and I don't think it's a coincidence, is that The Rock, I think, is pretty good friends with the new president 
of WWE. Vince McMahon no longer runs the company. You know, he he still has a lot of creative pull and all those types of things, but he doesn't own the company anymore. It's owned by the Endeavor Group, and I can't remember the guy's name, but I know The Rock and him are tight. So I don't think it was a I don't think it was a um, a coincidence. I think that he probably said, "Look, come back, do this thing for us, then we'll we'll talk about that new deal that we could potentially put together for WrestleMania, and we'll make it happen." And I think that's exactly what happened. I think this is the step in order for them to try to get more eyes on the product, for them to to do it. You you take care of the rock, obviously, and I think that's exactly what they did here. And the crowd reaction, I mean, yeah, it was fantastic. And they need more stars like this. And I hope that they and, and that's easier said than done. We need more stars like the rock. Okay. It's like you but I think that one of the reasons that the rock was and and Stone Cold and I mean even going farther, farther back, Roddy Roddy Piper. Um, Macho Man, guys like that. The reason why those guys were able, Ric Flair, were able to pop the way that they did, and I, I stand by this, they were able to be free on the microphone. They're, they're, those guys, and Chris Jericho, I don't want to forget about, um, who's still doing it now and, and doing it well, they're able to be free on the microphone. And it's like, okay, here's where we need the story to go. Kirby Enthusiasm, here's where we need the story to go. Oh, and the the scripts and trying to treat wrestlers like actors is a it, it's a bad move. It's a bad move because you can see them, especially the non experienced ones. Uh, they they're trying to remember their script in their line instead of like doing it organically, and that takes away from what's really in there. Now, not everybody can do it, but if I think that a lot of wrestlers have been um, held back because of not being able to just kind of treat it like a, a sport and treating it more, and I, we all know it, that it's not, but but the, the stuff to me that really responded is when it was a sport and they can go off the cuff and they could do the thing, the same way that Mike Tyson would say something like just raw and outrageous. Um, like when it feels like they're just villains in a, in a movie or a TV show, it, I think that's one of the reasons why it doesn't connect the same way to mainstream audiences, but I don't know. But either way, The Rock comes back, delivers big, on this and and i think that it's not the last we'll see of them what do you guys think of the clip did you see it did you not see it even if you're not a wrestling fan did you see it i did go viral it was everywhere did you check it out just because the rock was in it or did you say I, it doesn't matter i'm just not a wrestling person i didn't check it out very curious please comment and let me know what you think all right this is the last one winning time i mean this guy looks just like magic johnson holy crap um, following the second season finale on Sunday, it has been confirmed now that HBO's winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty, has been canceled. Creator Max Borenstein confirmed the news on Twitter, saying it's not the ending that we had in mind, but nothing but gratitude and love. Director Sally Richardson Whitfield added on Instagram, when you give it everything you've got, you can have no regrets. I hope you enjoy the last episode of Winning Time. I can say that at this moment in time, I am proud of the work we did on this masterful show and not shocking at the same time. And what I mean by that is shocking because every single person that I have heard talk about this show has said nothing but incredible things about it, about how good it is, how I needed to watch the first season, how the second season delivers, how the casting is just incredible. I mean, that picture alone is, is just crazy, but how great the show is, like great. And so that part of it surprised me. Now, when I started to think about it, I can name the majority of people that have told me about this show, maybe on both hands. It's not a lot of people that watched it, but the people that did loved it. And I wonder if that's because it was just a Lakers thing. Like if they did a thing on, on the Yankees or they did the thing on, a, on the Mets with like would people care or just like New York people or just LA people or, or did 
people, it, it was great. I can watch this on ESPN. I don't really need to watch a, a, a scripted drama of it. I, they've got 30 for 30s that are better with the real people in it or that I'm more interested because in I can see the real people actually do this. I don't know. I don't know. I could see that being a thing. So that's why I'm not surprised, but again, surprised because it was so good. I mean, John Roca raves about this show. Every time I see him tweet about this show, he's just raving about it. Um, and Ellis told me about it too. So you got to watch this show. And I, and I, I really, really want to check it out. And I think more so now I will. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty shocked that it got canceled. I really am. Because again, like I said, every time I heard anybody talk about it, I was like, I thought it was just like this award winning. I thought everybody was watching it. But like I said, when I started thinking about it, I guess not. Cause I only heard from like a handful of people, but did you guys watch this show? Let me ask you this. When you're commenting off this question, answer me this. Did you watch this show? Did you love it? Are you surprised? that it didn't uh, get picked up for a, a third season. And if you didn't watch the show, why didn't you watch the show? Is it because you're not a basketball fan? Is it because you're not a Lakers person? Is it because it's you know ESPN, you could see this type of stuff? Or did you not even know about it? That's the most, I'm very interested about that. So please comment and let me know. Um, I think it's a shorter episode. I think so, maybe not. I don't, remember. I don't even know how long this episode is yet. Nonetheless, Glad to do it. Remember, tomorrow we're going to be on um, UAP Tuesday. It's me and Riley and DJ Wildridge. Wednesday, it's going to be me and Mike Kalinowski for Ahsoka for Seth Council. And we'll be doing a reaction again. We'll have One Piece re reactions this week. Thursday will be myself and Brett. Friday will be the return of Winston and Koi for Capes and Cal. So make sure you check that out. If you haven't checked us out on Spotify or on um, Apple Podcasts, please do that. Super helpful. And like, like I mentioned throughout the show, if you're able to, you have the means to. Our sponsors are linked in the description. They're also the first pinned comment. If you're able to and you have the means to, it really does. I'm not, I ain't bullshitting you. It helps us tremendously if you're able to, if you have the means to, get one of our wonderful sponsors here today. All right. Thanks again, guys. I appreciate you. And we'll see you on the flip side. Peace.